0: You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud and Podbean. The 48 oh, oh, oh.
0: What's coming? Daniel in trouble. Just lets it fly. Going deep for game. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan.
1: Hey, Grump. Feels like we just talked, like, yesterday or so.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, it's my bad. We went over that. But, you know, it's also because that episode, we started recording on a Tuesday, and I think we ended on a Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Apologize for going long, but sometimes we get diarrhea of the mouth, and, uh...
0: It's the way it goes, hopefully
1: you all enjoyed it and didn't hit the unsubscribe buttons on your uh your favorite podcasting uh platform
0: yeah um i mean we i think we we generally keep our stuff pretty short sometimes some things need to be said, and there was you know I think uh there was a winnable game that did not go the way a lot of fans wanted, and some people were halfway off the ledge that needed to be put back into reality, I think.
1: You know something, Brump, Coming up later on in the show, we are going to look back into the Just Giants time capsule and see how one person has been pretty right on in his pick so far this year. So, we'll uh, something to look forward to.
0: Well, just just to show you guys uh, where we exist in reality. So, (laughs) um, but uh, you know, just some some news as we we like get into you know this season and the record or whatever. We're we're entering trade deadline, uh, time, which I believe is Tuesday. Am I right? Tuesday at four. That is correct. Okay, so obviously rumors swirl. You know, in the last few, it is kind of a weird thing that in the last five years, I would say there's been more NFL trades than I ever remember. Um, yeah, they seem to be few and far between. Growing up for me, and you know, maybe maybe one to two per year. I think a
1: lot of it, a lot of it, I think, is because there's this whole player empowerment movement where, you know, players are demanding trades. They don't like their situation for whatever reason, and they're demanding it, and they have the hammer, and they are getting away with it. So, you know, would Odell Beckham be traded five years ago? No. You know, would some of these other prima donna wide receivers be traded five years ago? Probably not. So I think that's a lot of the reason, too.
0: Well, I mean that's definitely the reason, but we've never really seen the rush at the trade deadline generate the kind of thing that it has now. I mean, like, yeah, sure, that's that's the 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 case for the off season move with o- Odell Beckham. That's the case for you know Jalen Ramsey, who kind of faked a bunch of injuries and problems to get out of doing work and not get fined, and then sounds like uh, a knoll, <laughs> yeah, and then um, you know, get his wish. But now we're we're at the trade deadline, we're seeing them happen with uh. Mari Cooper. Mari Cooper last year. year. And uh, this year, wide receiver from Atlanta, whose name I'm blanking on, Mohamed Sanu.
1: Going to the 49ers, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think there's another one, isn't there? Didn't somebody go to the Patriots today?
1: Uh, I believe so. Uh, You see what kind of show prep we do when it's not talking about the Giants. Yeah.
0: I mean, you get my point, though. I I don't ever really remember this kind of shit happening about five years ago. And I I think – you know, perhaps the the player empowerment movement has opened up the minds of general managers that trading is maybe more a, a viable option, a, a utility that's not being utilized. Um,
1: I think a lot of GMs, is, you know, the the fear of the dead cap space isn't bothering teams like it used to either.
0: There's also that, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of these teams hire money wizards that know how to structure things so that the cap isn't a problem you know so.
1: so let's talk about the Giants then specifically with the deadline coming up you know we're getting to that annual rite of passage where fans think that somebody they don't like has this amazing market value across the rest of the league
0: yeah well I mean there's one thing that's super interesting is that uh, the Giants did not trade for Dayon and Buchanan some time ago when there was a lot of speculation that they would um, they didn't sign him when he was a free agent, and now that he has been cut by the Bucks, they they even waited longer and only just recently signed him. We still don't know the details of that contract. Um, I would like to think that hopefully it's a two year deal with some easy out for that second year, so we can finish out this year. You know, perhaps be a depth player next year, if not a viable starter. You know, uh, but they didn't make that trade move and. Uh, There are, of course, like you said, several fans who are waiting for the Giants to make a move not to get a player but to get something for a player they don't like, which quite frankly is not how trades work. Which is really interesting to me because it's the same people who complain about trading away good assets last year such as Damon Harrison, you know. Such as, And we'll um, get to
1: him in a minute when we talk about the, the game preview too.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I mean that, that just goes – you don't get to trade away bad. Nobody wants to give up anything for bad players. When players are about to be cut or are playing so poorly, that there's a chance that they could be cut. Even if you think highly of them, why not just wait for them to be cut and sign them to your own deal that's friendly to you? It doesn't make any sense. Players have to realize – or er, players. Fans have to realize – what a trade is and what it's for. You never give up your favorite baseball card to take on somebody else's least favorite. So why would somebody do the same thing with actual players?
1: And also, I think because you know fans are so conditioned by who won the trade, who lost the trade. Trades aren't arm wrestling where there's a winner and a loser. Trades, in theory, are supposed to be equivalent yeah, for they're both supposed teams.
0: To, yeah, they're supposed to be even.
1: They're, they're supposed to, you, know, fill holes on each team by like giving up an extra in a, in a position. That's, that's in theory. So it's not a question of you, know, if you don't like somebody, you think he stinks. Why do you think anybody else thinks he's any good? and why is he going to give up any value for what you think stinks? Now, just because what you, you're disappointed in the way somebody's playing or not achieving, you know, based on what they're getting paid, you have to consider the consequences if that actually does happen, and this is bringing us to the discussion right now about Nate Solder.
0: You know, I'm, I'm disappointed in Giants fans that this discussion even needs to happen because I would be stunned if Nate Solder gets traded. I mean, for, there, there, there's so many different levels we can go on, but for starters, as a fan, do you really want to go back to life before him? Sure, he's not playing up to st- – he's certainly not playing up to his contract and he's not playing very well. But what – what ha- the, the idea that he's playing poorly couldn't get any worse is such insane bullshit that I, I'm not even sure where to begin. I'm not sure if fans only just started watching this year and have forgotten the last three, four years or what. But Eric Flowers was an absolute travesty and he was a first-round pick. We don't even have that behind us anymore.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's this, you can't just wave pixie dust and all of a sudden have another left tackle. There isn't one on this roster. I mean, one of the biggest concerns we had in the offseason was depth. And depth on the offensive line. Specifically and we were afraid, tackle. And we were afraid if these guys went down, we'd be in a load of hurt. So why would we, on any situation, get rid of a starter? And you may be uh Disappointed him and think he's underachieving and blah, blah, blah. He's an NFL starter. And to replace an NFL starter with a backup who is sub NFL quality, especially right now when you are playing a rookie quarterback, a rookie who is earmarked to be the franchise quarterback of this team, a quarterback that is struggling right now and, you know, maybe is hearing footsteps and, you know, is fumbling when he gets hit and a lot of things you expect to see from a rookie. Why would you compound that problem right now by putting in in the, probably the, the most important positions on the offense, making it a, a, a danger, a catastrophe?
0: Yeah, and that that's point two. I mean the whole point in rebuilding the offensive line and dra- uh, drafting a quarterback is to protect your investment. You know – they they can't build Roman a day but they can kind of throw together some mud and build a small pyramid right and that's kind of what we did you know the best left tackle on the market throw as much money it make sure you get him okay he's not great he's not the answer but we need somebody for the next couple of years to protect the blind side we'll work on the actual franchise blue chip left tackle later um you know that's important it's not priority 1 you know you draft a left guard that's that's a a motherfucker and really wants to beat people up you feel like you got two centers in Brett Jones and, or, or sorry, Spencer Pulley and John Jalapio that you think are, are, are good enough. They can get the job done. They've got some grit to them. You trade for a Kevin Zeitler at right guard. Um, and then, you know, you you draft a, a right tackle. He doesn't pan. So you draft, uh, you, you sign a veteran right tackle that's, that's solid. He's not great. He's not the answer, but he won't make stupid mistakes. You throw together this offensive line with the hope that that you can develop your young quarterback so he can focus on getting himself right and not running for his fucking life. Now you're going to take what's arguably... I mean, the most important position on that line? It's either that or center. Um, I would say left tackle. Yeah, and... And you're just going to take that away and replace him with what? Chad Slade? Who? Or, (laughs) Or is your genius plan to trade... Left tackle that's not performing for a left tackle that is performing because that get get back to earth.
1: Yeah, that goes back to our regional discussion of how you know if you don't like them, believe me, they don't like them either, and they're not giving away assets for them. So you know, to your point, we had to overspend because we had to get the offensive line at least to a level of competency. Right. We're not we're not asking to have a you know the seven blocks of granite right away. We had it we were in a situation where it was the one of the worst offensive lines in the league. We were going to have a quarterback drafted whether it was last year, year before or next year. So you had to be in a position of just competency and then you you can deal with, you know, creating depth and then getting the blue chippers in later, but it had to be from a starting point. And yes, you have to overspend. And we did.
0: Well, but who gives this shit? It's not your money. It's irrelevant money. at this point. It's irrelevant at this point. Unless you're John Mara, who gives it? It's, it's not your money. And it's not as if we were ready to sign a whole – we had decided – you know, I think we had realized that just signing free agents to build a roster is not the way to go, anyway. So what are you going to do with all that money anyway? It's 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 not your money. It's just for the cap. We're not going to sign a million pieces and throw together a Super Bowl team. We're not that team right now. So it doesn't even fucking matter what he's getting paid. It
1: doesn't work for anybody. I mean, ask the uh, ask the Eagles a couple of years ago who tried to do that.
0: Oh yeah, remember the remember the dream the team dream they assembled? The dream team. Yeah, that no, was the year lasts. we won the Super Bowl.
1: They even last five weeks.
0: No. The dream team. Yeah, because we <laughs> that was Victor Cruz's coming out party. Yeah.
1: So, everybody, you know, we get it. We know Nate Solder is not playing well right now, but I, I, if there's one cliche I would like to burn at the stake and never hear ever again is, put the next guy in, give him a shot. It can't be any worse than it is now. I guarantee you, it can get worse. Oh, it can yes. get it can get dangerous. You know, people's Careers are at stake when you have incompetency protecting them. Careers are on the line, you know, general managers and head coaches, their jobs are on the line too. When you have incompetency playing by decision. So, you know, is it the best offensive line in the world? No. Is it better than it was? Yes. Is it done being built? No.
0: Relax. That being said, I'm not saying it won't happen where Nate Solder won't be traded. But it would have to be a colossal overspend to get him that I just don't see happening,
1: yeah if someone wants off for a first round or a second round pick, yeah, we'll figure it out from there,
0: yeah, exactly
1: right. that's also that also may require a complete retooling of what they want to do for the rest of the year,
0: you know, even then it's still like you gotta think twice about yeah, a first round pick is great, it's what, not happening what the yeah yeah i mean let's let's. That that you'd have to have a GM that was drunk and uh, at gunpoint to give that up.
1: Well, let's talk about the the, the risk, the uh, the cost benefit of this. Is a sec extra second round pick worth the potential of getting your franchise quarterback killed? Well, nothing is or, worth that
0: potential, but I mean,
1: or, right? Or it, I'm just taking extra hits, or more realistically, stunting his growth, right? Because he's running for his life. We've said this all along about when we bring in Daniel Jones, you know, when he's ready to play and have his experience be meaningful. Mm -hmm. Daniel Haskins has some experience now. He played against the Giants. That experience was not meaningful. That was a detriment, you know. So having him play in these final six, seven games of the season with no left tackle is not going to be the optimal experience he has of right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that the second round pick is like the fringe where I would start really considering, you know, maybe 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 we should pull the trigger on this. We can really build the team with a second round pick, whatever. It also it ain't happening.
1: You got to find a team that desperately desperately needs a left ramp uh, a left tackle that's one that would be significant upgrading what they do now, also has the cap space to take on that contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember, we're we're in the middle of the season now. This isn't like something where you you know you're making offseason cuts and 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 different things to make it work under the cap everybody you know has their cap formulated for this year they're going to take on dead money if they have to cut guys or whatever but or they're trying to you know get rid of cap space adding cap is pretty hard and he's got a pretty big number if you guys are complaining about his big number you know it's going to impact people wanting him too yeah
0: uh i mean that that kind of transitions us to Alec Ogletree Another guy that I think fans are really just want traded because they're disappointed with his play. Not because – I mean one of the main reasons I hear that they're going to trade for him is because it will get rid of some cap space. You know what else will? Just waiting until next year and cutting him. He yeah. has an $11 million dead cap hit this year, a 3.51 next year. Why not just Why not just ride this season out, draft his replacement or sign a new replacement and just cut his ass? I mean, I don't, I don't understand the the, the idea that you're not, you're gonna get anything more than like a fourth round pick for him anyway. You're not drafting his replacement with a fourth round pick, and sure you could package it up and move up, but I mean, start start naming inside linebackers for me that you know that are ready to come out. There's like two, there's like two real difference makers at linebacker coming out, in inside linebacker coming out this year, and Isaiah Simmons from Clemson and Ken Murray from Oklahoma. You know. You're really taking a gamble on getting rid of a guy before you know you have his answer. You know, it, it's just uh, – Well, and
1: also just kind of a, from an organizational perspective, we don't need to, you know, ring out every dollar for cap space next year. We have tons of cap space as it is. Yeah. So just getting rid of him just purely to – for cap is – Well, know, but for cap this year, who gives a sh- – what, what, who are we going to sign now? Yeah, for what? What are we gonna do? Instead, of, so we end up the season five and eleven instead of
0: three and thirteen. There's only one player not signed to a roster right now that would eat up a bunch of cap space, and his name is Antonio Brown. You know, what do we need the cap space now for? Just wait till next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you think you can really get a, a swindle out a really good draft pick for him, then absolutely. By the way, listen to whatever offers for whatever players. But it ain't happening. I would be stunned. The only one I could see happening is the one that's actually rumored to be being, being shopped, and that's Janoris Jenkins. The reason we already have his 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 backup or, or whatever on roster, you know, they, they had drafted Sam Beal and DeAndre Baker and Corey Ballantyne and Julian Love, all you know, essentially in the same draft class to rebuild the secondary. And, you know, Beal, it's unfortunate what happened with him with injuries, but he's due to come back after this coming game. He should be ready Mm -hmm. to practice by Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure which. I forget. But, you know, you have a legitimate option there literally right at the trade deadline to replace him. That one makes sense to me. I'm still not sure. It's going to depend on what they're going to get in return because, A, Jenkins is playing well. He's not playing poorly this year. Um and B, he be, he brings that sort of veteran leadership to the defensive backfield that is needed when you have a bunch of very young players.
1: i uh, see, I can disagree about the veteran leadership. I'm not talking uh, about I'm
0: not talking about in the locker room. I'm talking about little tips and tricks that he shows people as they're at practice. Here's how I do this. You know, those you individual drill, dr- drill uh, individual drill, little side conversations. Like, no, 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 no. Just you got to stay confident. Do this. Put your foot here. Lean on this foot. You know, I'd like
1: to think that these guys do that, but do we have any evidence that he does do that? Do I have any evidence? No, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, a guy like him, he's proven time and time again that he's not a leader on the field. No, I,
0: I, it, I don't, I don't and, view him as a leader on the field. No, 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 no.
1: So I don't think so. Not think he doesn't. You know, being a leader on the field means I don't think it, that translates to a, a mentor or someone who just. Let's put it this way: I don't see him as a guy with. The way he plays on the field, having tremendously great practice habits. So I think, you know, to me, it's not much different than the Eli situation. If you're going in for the rebuild, go in for the rebuild. I don't know what he, the extra value he gives you being on the field anymore really is. You know, get let the young guys play. When Beal comes back, that's another body that can be playing in a rotation. And there'll be growing pains. We've seen a lot of growing pains in the secondary this year, but... You know, the goal this year is not the playoffs. The goal this year is, is to implement, you know, the last two drafts.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, and he is the one actually being shopped. They're not listening to offers. They are calling teams. And like, what would what would you give up for Janoris Jenkins? Now, in that case, where's your line? Where do you say fuck it? We'll keep him. Well, nobody's interested. <laughs> I wouldn't cut him. No, I mean, I, I've i been very. But critical. I mean, would, of him, you but... would take a fifth round pick for him.
1: Um, I would take a fifth round pick for him.
0: I I, think think my line is four.
1: I don't think his value is that great.
0: Well, no, neither do I.
1: What's his contract situation? What's he signed through?
0: You know, next year is his last year of the contract, and again, he's he's a guy with a three point five million dollar dead cap next year, seven point one this year. Uh, you know, both years he's getting uh, a fourteen million dollar fourteen point seven cap hit, so. It's a it's a big contract for a team to take on.
1: Yeah. So again, that hurts his value also. Sure. So I I would I would say, you know, I think if you can get a fifth round pick, I think you'd take it. You know, you just another in the bucket of the dead cap for this year and then that's that. If you are going to rebuild, rebuild.
0: I don't know. I am not. I am not sure that a fifth round pick is enough for it to be worth it for me. It, it's debatable, but I mean, again, you 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 keep him out there. You kind of rotate guys. Maybe Beal isn't ready to play right away. I mean, the dude has barely done anything. He's had like yeah. three practices in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like that's that's really nothing. It's nothing. And he only has one one fucking spring training. What am I trying to say? Mini camp. Yeah, he's had like half of a training camp. You know, it, it, it's not a whole lot of practice. He might not be at all ready to see the field. So, you know, maybe you just hang on to Janoris Jenkins and just cut him next year with – take the 3.5 mil dead hit. You know? yeah, Maybe. Maybe. I, I, the, to me, again, I know he's being shopped. But if the offer isn't good enough – and a fifth might be I'm, – I'm not sure.
1: It's, we're also talking about Janoris Jenkins. We're not talking about a guy's making or breaking the – you know the roster or the future of this team either I mean, exactly
0: that's why he's expendable we have we,
1: we, we've, we've, we've traded guys in the last year that have far more impact to this team so i i you know they keep him they keep him they trade him they trade him i really am kind of agnostic at this point
0: Well, i mean for me it's really just it's really just the return um it yeah i, I don't i, I don't you know, expect them to trade him for a 7th round pick i'll say it like that
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what people, other – I just don't know what other teams think of his value.
0: I mean the one thing that, that is a benefit to him is that DBs are sort of like hired guns. He can just come in and play. It's not every position in football where that can happen.
1: He also got a position that he gets motivated to play on. All of a sudden he gets dealt to a, you know, a, a San Francisco-type right. team or Contender. something. It's like, you know, has – as as a real contender maybe that the light switch turns on for him or something where the light switch stays on the entire time every drive every play every snap every you know practice drill every everything but would you be willing to take that risk that it does
0: As as a team picking him up yeah absolutely if I'm a contender and I really think that we are one or two pieces away from winning a Super Bowl I think he's worth it yeah I do.
1: Then, then the Giants have a little bit of a hammer. Then you can ask for a little more. from. It all depends on the situation. So,
0: Yeah. Well, I mean I don't think a team that isn't contending is going to trade for him. So, I mean, especially with his only having one more year in his deal. So, Yeah. In any case, one of the players the Giants traded last year was Damon Harrison. He wound up on the Detroit Lions, who the Giants are playing at 1 o'clock at Ford Field – in uh detroit um and you know i guess the 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 good thing is the giants are going in there relatively healthy you know two guys same two guys looking like they're not going to play Corey ballantyne still hasn't practiced with this concussion and sterling shepherd has practiced in a limited fashion of some kind but it looks like he is I, i don't know if he's out of the concussion protocol or not I don't, think can, I,
1: think, I don't think you can practice if you're in the concussion yeah, protocol. Yeah,
0: and I, 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 I know there's limitations of what you can and can't do. I don't know how much you can, but I believe that he was limited even last week. And mm-hmm. they're just holding – regardless, it's doubtful that he's going to play on Sunday as they continue to hold him back from his concussion. I agree. Yeah, and and, and that's fine. Um, Detroit, on the other hand, has probably their best defensive player has not practiced due to – Hamstring injury, and that's uh, Darius Slay. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Let's go back for a minute and talk about Snacks. That Snacks has not played well this year at
0: all. I he barely even played against Minnesota.
1: Yeah, so I mean, he, if I recall, last year after the trade was doing a pretty good job. But I think Snacks is a little out of position too because they tend to play a little more four three than we were, and it may not be the right you know fit for him too. But he's he has struggled pretty well. This is not a very good uh defense at all.
0: This yeah, and, and, and it's defense. It's it's kind of remarkable. Um their their secondary is is not good. Um their their best player is Darius slay and he's very very good, but other than him in that secondary there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, the defensive line sounds like it would be good when you say Damon Harrison and Sean Robinson and Deshaun Hand and Romeo Okwara, and Mike Daniels and Trey Flowers, but they have just not gotten pressure consistently. Yeah. Damon Harrison did not play very many snaps. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but didn't play very many snaps against Minnesota. I was looking for him. And, uh, you know, for all the fucking crying and whining and wailing about how Dexter Lawrence is just a worse snack since going to play, he's played far more downs and been far more yeah. productive than snacks snacks,
1: snacks is the worst Dexter lawrence at this point
0: yeah and a cheaper one uh more expensive one yeah um i will say that this defense does have a strong set of uh linebackers mm-hmm. devon Kennard. i i was surprised that the giants just let him go i thought he was a good linebacker I, you know and he, he's proved i think he's played really well um with Detroit Jared Davis I mean you could speak volumes about how good Jared Davis is
1: he hasn't played as well as he did in
0: college well they never do do they
1: yeah I mean he was a he was a beast and a leader at Florida but he is underachieved here as well
0: in in Detroit it's his third year I believe I thought it was his second but you could be I th- right I
1: think it's his third year
0: yeah um I and mean, Christian Jones is actually pretty good in coverage. Uh, so th- they do have a, a strong linebacker group, in my opinion. I mean, even even if Jared Davis is underachieving, I mean, how does he stack up against the current Giants linebackers? I mean, he would definitely be starting for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly the <laughs> highest bar to be... Uh...
0: <laughs> no, but, but, you know. Uh, watching that Minnesota game, I, I remember a lot of Giants fans saying that Minnesota's Offensive line was struggling and not playing well, and I told everyone that they're better than they than they've been playing. They're pretty good, but man, did they look good against Detroit? I mean, Cousins had a long weekend on every snap to let plays develop downfield, Um, and you know while the Giants' O line stinks, that's mostly on the edges. I mean, even if you go by the PFF grades, um, that interior is playing okay. they need to abuse that. That middle of the defense, they need to get a consistent run game going. They need to set up some play action. And more importantly, not more importantly, just as importantly, Daniel Jones needs to move in the pocket where there is room to move, which means he needs to step up if that that center of the pocket is holding strong and the edges are weakening. So, you know, it, it's a collective effort back there, but there there is definitely plays to be had against a weak secondary.
1: I don't see any way the Giants are winning this
0: game this week. No, I, I I'm just <laughs> I mean, it's it's not about winning and losing. It's about getting where, down the brass tacks. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's about it's about, you know, where, where their advantages are and you know, it's in, it's important in in wins and losses to to gauge where your uh, opponent is, right? This is mm-hmm. not a great Detroit team at all. So we'll win against them. However fairy tale it may be, needs to be taken with a grain of salt. We're still not playing a great team here. No, no, no.
1: This is a better team than we've seen. It's better than you know, Arizona. Arizona and better than Washington. Um, are they better than Minnesota? Hell no. Are they better – what? No way. They're not better yeah, than Minnesota. I agree. They – you know, have a they have a team there on any given day can explode on offense, but is does not have the consistency for it. You know, um, I don't know. I just don't like going up there, and uh, you know, I, I I've I've been to a Giant Lions game up there before, and it's just the atmosphere there. They're not known for being the loudest fans. It's just one of those places. It just seems kind of difficult to play, and. Um, this team is in need of a bye week pretty soon. Yeah, and that's and I feel like this is one of those games when before you're getting to that bye week, you're going to start seeing a team that's getting fatigued, you know, physically and mentally. And this is one of those games where it's going to show.
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, um, and and to to what you were saying about how they can put up points, I mean, that really seems to be where Detroit's um. I guess strengths are right now is strictly in their skill position players. Mm-hmm. Um, their offensive line is, is kind of garbage. So again, there is a real, um, uh, advantage for the giants on the line there. The defensive line really can push back a Frank Ragno at center and, you know, a what's his face doll and Glasgow. Those guys are not very good. They're not playing very well. Um, so again, if we start seeing this consistent pass rush up in the middle, that's great. That's awesome. I will praise it, but let's keep it with a grain of salt. This is not a very good team in the trenches that we're playing. Mm-hmm. So, And and also, to don't be surprised if you see Galladay and Marvin Jones just running absolutely free in the secondary because Matt Stafford is good at keeping his eyes downfield and making tight window throws to guys that are very good at getting open. So, just just kind of keeping it in uh, reality for the expectations for fans on Sunday.
1: Yeah, because we are fully expecting the the outcry and the agony on Monday morning from people. I just see this is this could be one of those games where you know we give up forty points on on defense and people are all of a sudden wanting to fire the world and you know everything is a disaster. So,
0: so uh, is that what you're predicting?
1: <laughs> yes, actually. I think this is going to be a blowout. I, again, I, 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 I... As badly as we looked last week, just not being like schematically ready on defense to against them, I think it's going to be even worse uh, this week. I just think that uh, Stanford, Stanford still has a gun, still seems pretty accurate, can still pick apart you know, a secondary, especially one that's trying to get better. But I... I I think it's something we're going to fall behind early. I see us losing something like 38-21. I think um, Daniel Jones will play better than he's played in the last couple of weeks. Um, But I think we're going to be behind early, and it's going to be a a lot more pass attempts than we should be seeing for Daniel Jones.
0: Wow. You know, sometimes we – I'm sure this looks like we have a whole long conversation before we do the episode, but we totally don't. I have this at 34 17, and that was my thought, too. I mean, the 34 probably could be higher, but they started to let off the gas at the end there, and, you know, they don't want to really have Matt Stapper dropping back anymore, so they start running every play. Whereas we, I pictured the same thing, where we start getting behind, and then all of a sudden we're doing pass, pass, pass punt. Um,
1: And, there, and someone's going to. They may have the stat in the third quarter, or someone will notice it on Twitter. Where's Saquon Barkley? Mm-hmm. How come he's had four rushing attempts in the last thirty plays? As we've seen a couple of times since Barkley has been. And, and on quite, the- quite
0: frankly, I, I don't trust Pat Shermer to not panic in his play calling. You know, and then oh, then yeah. come the third the third quarter, they'll come out from halftime, and he'll put together an 8 minute drive that actually scores a fucking touchdown and it's because they balanced the run in the pass and he waited too fucking long to do it. But by then it's too little too late. And defensively they're gassed cuz they spent 25 minutes on on the field in the first half. You know, it that's, that's just how I see this going. Mm-hmm. Um with with late scores to make the score almost respectable at 34-17. Yeah. Um
1: Let's uh let's talk for a second, you know, now that we're getting into week 8. Yep. You know, one of my big pet peeves with the ESPN and I have a lot of them is the lack of accountability of their guys who predict games, especially college game day where you know, the most idiotic uh predictions are made and they just seem to go into the ether and nobody ever calls them out on it. So I thought a good exercise would be, you know, now that we're almost halfway through the season, how are you and me doing in our picks? Remember, we had three episodes this, uh, you know, this summer about kind of going game by game, how we be doing. And Grump, how are we
0: doing? Well, you are on fire. You have <laughs> us losing to the Detroit Lions, putting us at two and six with wins against Tampa Bay and Arizona, which is damn close.
1: Swap out. A bad Arizona for an even worse Washington, and there you go. You knew I was making a big build up to this to, try to prove how smart I am. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this season, you know, for the ups and downs that we've seen, this is pretty much going the way I thought it has gone. I thought it. I thought there'd be chaos in the first half of this season, but what did I do for the second half of the season?
0: Well, uh, I mean, you have a win against Dallas in Week Nine. Um you have another win against the Jets in week ten, and we have our bye in week eleven. Uh and then you have us starting to fall apart against Chicago and Green Bay, and I think you wind up somewhere at eight and eight or a little bit worse. I think
1: I, I think I said seven and nine, I think was the, the final thing.
0: And another loss to Philly. A win against Miami. Uh win against Washington. And that, yeah, seven and nine, a loss against Philly, which uh you know I agree with you, I think all those sound just about right
1: i think I think this team will start getting it together in the second half of this year. I think this season is going pretty much the way I thought it was, and uh, we will revisit this again before week sixteen, but I'm feeling pretty good about what my take was on this season. The one thing I obviously got really wrong and I'll be told about it every day from now on. Is that I did not have Daniel Jones starting in Week Three.
0: Yeah, neither, neither did I. <laughs> I mean, I would I would agree with all your picks going forward, and maybe swap out the Dallas win for a Philly win in Week Seventeen, where maybe you know they're already in the playoffs and they have starters pulled. Yeah, all right. Well. Or or they've completely fallen apart, which is just as possible at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. And we just we just sneak that last week seventeen home game in a, in a win, you know. So yeah, I think seven to nine is realistic, and I think fans need to get on board with that. It's just and and quite frankly, would be an improvement over the year before and the year before that, and that's where we're at. Improvement for this team is not going to be judged based on
1: improvement in wins losses. It's going to be course. it's going to be due – the guys who are the cornerstones for this team for the next five years plus, are they improving? You know, that that core secondary unit: Daniel Jones, Barkley, uh, Will Hernandez, line, yeah, yeah, the the B.J. Hills and the Dexter Lawrences, Those are are they getting better? That's more important right now than if we're six and ten or seven and nine. It doesn't really matter at this point.
0: Well, with that kind of fucking pep talk, I hope you guys are ready for Sunday.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a pumpkin patch weekend for me. No, uh, no Florida football. That means we go out into the country and look at leaves and pumpkins on Saturday. So it's supposed to be brutal weather here in the New York area on Sunday. So get your hot chocolate, get your favorite blanket, roll up on the couch, crawl into the fetal position and get ready for this blowout coming up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, while you're doing weird stuff, I will uh, be at a wedding, and surprise, surprise, I will be drunk. So nice.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I hope you guys do have a good weekend because this game is not going to go very well. And uh, you know, maybe maybe it'll surprise us all. Maybe that'll be our Sunday treat, and a nice win. Let's hope, right?
1: Yeah. Hey, we we hope we're wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to be right about this kind of stuff. All, all right. right, everyone. See you Sunday. Go Giants. Go Giants.